Welcome to Life in Private Staffing with me, Philippa Smith, MD of Silver Swan Recruitment. As we all know, the private sector is a pretty crazy one. Not only can it be very challenging to work in, but it can be pretty lonely too, as let's face it, no one really understands what it is that we do. So let's come together, help, support, educate and inspire one another, and hopefully we'll have a laugh along the way. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Life in Private Staffing with me, Philippa Smith. Hope you've all had a good week. Looking forward to today. We've got Helen on today. Helen uh, is based over in San Francisco. She was one of, well, all of the people I met in the US who I said, please come on my podcast. You've got a really good story. Literally everybody I met in the US, I gave them a drink and then said, please come on my podcast. (laughs) And if you're listening and you met me, you'll know this was true. But anyway, I did meet Helen in San Francisco. We had a lovely evening. There was a number of other fabulous people there that evening. And when I said to Helen, will you come on the podcast? She was like, oh, I'm such a rubbish guest. Like I'm not even in work at the moment. I'm really struggling to get a job. And to be honest with you, I'm still actually struggling to figure out what it is I want to do in this industry. And I'm like, you're the perfect person for the podcast. Like it's really good to have people on the podcast that are, you know, in these phases of figuring the next move out, trying to decide what to do next. It's real. It's real conversations. You know, real people. So I think it's refreshing for people to listen to these kind of conversations in addition to, you know, to speaking to people that have been, who've got very solid careers and done it forever and know exactly where they're at. So really grateful for Helen to come on and share her stories with me. So we'll get straight into that in a minute. Other than that, if you haven't yet signed up to our next Tracy's session, which is Monday the 30th of October. I hope this is out before then. I'm sure it is. Then please do. Monday the 30th of October is our next. It's session two with Tracy. If you did session one, you'll know how really how good it was. It's all about coaching. This is session two. So um, we'll circulate what it is and how to get tickets, but do come sign up. Um, I think this is the one that's all to do about managing um, yourself in high-pressured environments. You can't get any more bloody relevant than that. So come on, it's a Monday evening. Hopefully people don't do much on a Monday evening or it's Monday afternoon if you're in the States. But yeah, people over here in Europe, like go home, have some dinner, put your pajamas on, pour yourself a glass of wine or a cup of tea, sit down and spend an hour on yourself learning how to be better in your role. Like we're doing it for you guys. We're not making money on it. We're subsidizing the whole thing. It's not very expensive. It's only 40 pounds because we're paying half of it for you. So yeah, come and get involved. Monday the 30th. Other than that, we're really busy. Come and visit our website. We've actually got, I hate saying to people, come visit our website because our website is awful at the moment. The submit is broke. It doesn't even look right. We've got a brand new website that I'm so happy with. It's the sexiest website we've ever had. We've had a rebrand. The whole thing looks amazing. That's going to be live at the end of the month as well. Really cool way to search for jobs. It's just a really good website. So um, I will keep saying come look at our website, but I'll be quite proud of it when the time comes. Um, We're busy. We're looking for staff. We're looking for roles. We've got so many new roles coming all the time, especially in America, especially since we did our trip. We've got roles coming in really frequently at the moment. So if you're looking for work, come visit us. If you're looking to hire, come visit us. If you're part of our communities, you get discounted rates, exclusive discounted rates. So lots going on at the moment. We've got our next UK event for house managers and PAs. It's going to be on Thursday, the 16th of November. It's going to be at our offices here at the Ministry near London Bridge. It's going to be cool. It's something a bit different because we're bringing in a key speaker. We're going to kick the evening on with a key speaker. He's special ops. He works in the military. He's going to come in and talk about conflict management from a military perspective and how that translates to a household. So really good speaker to start off with, followed by networking drinks. We're going to circulate more information about that near the time, but Thursday, 16th of November is that. So... I think that's all I need to cram into my little intro. (laughs) Other than that, let's just get straight on with the show. Welcome to Helen. Hello, Helen. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. How are you? Thank you. Tell everybody where you are. 
So I'm in San Francisco, California. Um, I live between here and kind of LA right now too. I've been driving a lot back and forth. <laughs> so, Which we'll dive into, but obviously we, I know that you've been interviewing. We'll dive into sort of your reasons for going back and forth. To be fair, we, obviously we were obviously out in the States a week or two back, which is where I pinned you down in that bar and said, you've got to come on my podcast. So sorry for that. But uh, I told you I'd do this. I did tell you I'd do this. But um, it's, it's surprising the amount of people in... LA and San Francisco that split that go between the two like I don't realize there was so much sort of crossover between the two places well there, there is and there isn't but they're very different cities but they are interconnected and they're just so different you kind of can't get what LA has here and um I don't know why you're in in San Francisco right now except you know there's the reasons <laughs> there's the reasons I bloody love San Francisco like more than I thought, like I, I didn't really know what to expect. I hadn't given it much thought. I just thought the Big Apple, LA is where it's all at. And San Francisco, like surprisingly for me, was like such a treat. Like I just loved it. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's very like aesthetically beautiful. And I think it was kind of like a European city for the US. It's nice. Yeah. The colors of all the houses, the houses, all the flowers, the parks, there's like cafe and restaurants on every corner. It was it was so vibey. It was like, I just wish it wasn't so far away from me. It's so far. Yeah, same. <laughs> I love Europe. I would love to live in Europe. You know that. <laughs> I do know that. Where Where do you love specifically in Europe? I love Paris, but I don't speak French that well. I I'd studied there so for three months when I was doing my, in college, but I love London. I love the UK. I love New York. So Quick hop over. Yeah, I was just in Italy, which was nice for a holiday. So I'm trying to get back to reality now. Yeah. <laughs> I think people in Europe forget how good it is to be in Europe because everything is so close and everything is so easy. And I think that's why I'd never been to New York before until I came on our trip. So I'm like, if I've got three or four days to go on holiday somewhere, there's so many nice places to go in Europe that are like an hour or two on a plane. So it always seemed like such like a, a, a big ask to go all the way to New York to another city. So yeah, I think we're spoiled really because we've got access to everything here really. It's great. Yeah. No, like why would you come that far when you can go to Greece or Italy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you're in an exciting position. We'll talk about it more in a minute because you're you're looking for your next move and because you're so flexible on where you could go like you're literally looking for work anywhere aren't you like you could literally take a traveling role that takes you to Europe I know you're very happy to go to Florida or New York or LA so it's nice to have that freedom that you've got at the moment it is it is it's very nice to have that fab so you've been doing this I think for quite a long time so take us right back to sort of like where did it all begin for you how did you even know this world existed and what was it that got you in in the first place what was your route into the private sector Yeah. So I I honestly kind of fell into this role. I never really sought it out. I was doing my um, master's degree in film journalism. So I was always thinking I would be in the film creative media world. And I had done a couple different things where families had just loved me for who I was. One one of them was um, I was invited to teach a family and their kids how to ski. (laughs) So I was like, I could do that. As soon as, you know, I went on the trip and taught the kids how to ski, they were like, oh, you know, could you help us plan the birthday party or could you help with different things? And they were like, do you want to be like a live-in au pair for a little bit? And I was like, I don't really want to be an au pair, but I do love the family and I love helping them in any way that I can. And so that was kind of, I think, the first 
taste of like, wow, what is it like to help a family with, you know, a lot of money and a lot of like different moving parts. And I, and the second was, um, I was doing my yoga teacher training, ironically later, like a few years later, I was in my master's program and I said, okay, I'm going to do a yoga teacher training. Cause I honestly wanted to quit my degree. <laughs> I was like burnt out. And I did this training and I, I recommend anyone who can to do a yoga teacher training. Cause you, you really get to know whoever you're with. I mean, it's a whole journey and, you know, you learn about yoga and not, but not only like also like the philosophical stuff, reading, and you learn about yourself. But this woman was in my training and she was like a really successful TV producer um, and on, on camera host. And her PA had just quit and she was looking for someone. And she was like, would you come and work for me? Like, you'd be perfect. She's like, I know you're in, in finishing your degree, but just whenever you have time, come. And so I did. And I ended up working full time for her you know, even before I graduated and I loved it. I loved it. I learned so much. So I never, and then I moved to New York and I was, didn't even realize I was looking for this kind of work. It just kind of happened. They were like, oh, you were her PA, you know, come and be mine. So it just, yeah, opportunities unfolded. It happens so often that way, where you're kind of like, you're in the right place at the right time at the beginning for someone to sort of like say, oh, can I help with this? Can I help with that? And can I help with that? Before you know it, you're like a family's PA indirectly or they're going and teaching skis a really cool way of doing it and then yeah you sort of fall in and actually it's really nice because I actually think I say this all the time it's actually quite difficult for an agency to find you your first ever role because why would a client pay us that much money for somebody that has never done it before we should be fine for that kind of money we should be finding them absolute needle in haystacks and so it's always really difficult I think for us to help people find their first ever job so it's quite nice therefore for you at the beginning of your career to have these opportunities to meet people who then sort of like bring you in. Yeah. I think I was like, I think I was just young and curious. I was like, you know, I wanted to, I always have wanted to be successful myself or like learn from successful people. So you kind of have this like curiosity and like excitement to do anything. And I think if people trust you, you know, like, especially with their kids or with ski, teaching people how to ski or travel plans or, you know, big budgets for because they just know who you are. So after a while, you become like, it's like they don't want to hire someone new. <laughs> it's a really big thing hiring someone new. And I can see why people hate doing it. I actually personally hate recruitment. I love recruitment for the people, but I don't like recruiting for myself. Because the minute you recruit for yourself, that's the whole, there's the emotion attached to it. And you end up second guessing everything and you're not quite sure. I actually use recruitment agencies for some of my recruitment. So I fully practice what I pe- preach and say there's a real value to recruitment agencies because you have that sort of second opinion. So I can totally see why people, at first instance, don't take a stranger. They take someone they already know, you know. So like, that all makes perfect sense. The very first family you worked with and you taught to ski. So were you a skier before that? How did you get exposed to the ski industry before that? I grew up in Montana in a super small little town. Um, my mom taught me how to ski when I was like four or five. So I've just been skiing my whole life and I, I love it. I love to ski. I would I know you worked on like in chalets and stuff. And when I was young, I don't know if you've seen the movie Chalet Girl. It's it's a yeah. great <laughs> I was like, I wanna I wanna go work in a chalet. <laughs> Have you ever skied in Europe? I I haven't. I did ski in Zermatt one time in like this off season. I was just like, I wanna do this. It wasn't good snow or anything, but it was like it's still fun. Zermatt's beautiful. I actually got engaged in Zermatt, as it happens. Did you? Oh. Yeah, but it's beautiful, isn't it? It's like a film set. No cars are allowed. It's just horse-drawn carriage in an electric taxis. That's it. No cars. It, it very much feels like a film set. Oh my gosh! I'm going to look at pictures. I want to see engagement pictures. <laughs> I love that. Oh yeah. It's just, well, you had a very good strategy. You took me up the mountain, really far off piste. 
And then, well, I basically couldn't have got down. So I had no choice but to say yes, because I was trapped up this mountain with, with no way down. So, um, but no, Zermatt's, Zermatt's ace. And I have only ever skied in Europe. I'd love to come and ski over. I'd love to go to Japan. I'd love to come to Canada. Again, the world's a massive place, isn't it? We do have good skiing in the US. I, I definitely, that's one thing we have going for us. Okay, and so predominantly throughout the, the years, you've been working as a PA. And all, has your role changed over the years? I've done a bunch of different things. My last role, I was working here as like a chief of staff for um, a guy in film. And I loved it. So yeah, I've done such, such variety of different things. And when I lived, I lived in New York for six, almost seven years, um, worked in events, worked for a fashion designer, worked for a musician. And then COVID happened and I had an interview in San Francisco and I kind of just like ended up here by chance. It was such a weird you know, time in 2020. I have kind of tasted different things and just worked for some incredible opportunities and kind of fallen into things at the right time where like someone will be filming a TV show and they really need someone. And the problem with that is it kind of is temporary, but it's also you learn so much like a heightened time when you're in it. It's quite cool that you've managed to dip in and out of the sort of TV media film world, which is where you thought your career would be at the beginning. It's quite nice that you I studied that, went off into the private service, but have sort of managed to sort of stay tied to a degree to that industry, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Yeah. Tell me the favorite job you've ever had. What was that job? Well, I'm still looking for the, the favorite role. All of them have been challenging in some way. It's hard to know, right? It's like there's good and bad. I think that's the realness of it. That's why I was laughing. I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe she wants to interview me right now on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of still figuring out where I want to stay and where I want to be for the long term. They've all had good things. They've all had a lot of, you know, different traits and qualities. I really liked working in events in New York. I loved, you know, I was kind of helping like set up these beautiful events and I would meet all these people and it was very person in person role. I've had jobs where I feel very isolated and I feel like it's all on me and that is hard. I I really give it to people who work for like one single family and they're just on their own and you almost feel like you're, you know, it's, that's tough where you feel like you're in it on your own. So I love, like, if you have a good team and if you have people, it makes all the difference. I think you could even work, you know, even if you're not in the right industry, but you have a great team, I think that would be more important than working for someone really cool (laughs) because you're like you have some people in it with you I 100% when we look at the resumes and CVs of people that work in the US everybody seemed to have worked for pretty cool people we don't really get that over in the UK like there's so many like big names that I see on resumes but I agree with you like a great name does not mean a great job probably the opposite actually The, the greater the name the more difficult the job Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now I'm looking and I'm just kind of being very picky with jobs because I want to find the right fit and I want to find, you know, something I enjoy and, but also the people that you work with that you really enjoy them. Yeah. Have you done much uh, house management stuff? Has it always predominantly been more the organization of the life, the PA stuff? No, I've tried like estate management roles and it's not me at all. I I love, you know, I can do it and I, I love interior design and I love organization. I definitely, I've helped like with a lot of people style their closets and reorganize and vendors. Obviously I'm, you know, it's, it's tricky. I give it to all the estate management. I, I child a job for three months and I was deal. I felt like an architect. I was dealing with all their renovation plans and the contractors and I couldn't find, it was just a whole 
thing. And I, and honestly, at the, my boss at the time, he's like, I just don't think you're, this is your like expertise. <laughs> he's like, you're way too outgoing. You're way too creative. So I was, I'm really good at like organizing or, you know, planning or delegating, but the vendor thing and the, I'm just, I don't know, the fixing of like and AC vents and writing down like, you know, numbers for maintenance plans and all that. It wasn't me, but I do. I love the design. I love properties. I love setting up like the spaces for arrival of guests and stuff like that. It does very much sound like the PA stuff's good for you. The PA for a really cool woman, but you can also get involved in like the wardrobe stuff, the packing for her, the traveling ahead of her so you can set up the properties the being with her at events, that kind of... In the UK, is a really, really rubbish term. Back in the day, they used to be called ladies' maids. And, but that sounds like really, really old-fashioned now. But, it, but that kind of role where you are like the right-hand woman of a really high-powered woman, do you know what I mean? Because then you can still do the creative stuff and the looking after her. And it's, be, and it's beyond just the PA. It's also making sure her life is comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm open to it. Yeah. I'm trying to be open and see what unfolds. I think sometimes I feel like it's almost like just luck and timing and, you know, right place, right time and right place for you and right place for the, the client. I agree with you. It's right place, right time. And actually sometimes it's easier when you're job hunting to know exactly what you want because you know what you're looking for. But I can see how, and the people listening might agree, when they're in your situation, when there's lots of things that you like doing, you kind of know what you don't like, but you're quite open to all sorts especially you're open to all sorts of locations, that can make the job hunting quite difficult. It's like, how do I narrow this down? There's a lot I'm quite up for doing. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I don't know. And I love, I, I definitely am grateful for these, you know, three years here. It's been nice to just be somewhere different and kind of get to know the Bay Area, <laughs> San Francisco area. Yeah. What's your, um, in terms of new role, what's your top three criteria then? Top three most important criteria when you're sort of job hunting now? A great, you know, great person. I really connect with them. I think that's important. Um, great team, or just great, great energy on the whole, like in their, you know, little unit of whoever works with them or for them. Or And then that's first for me. And then I'll, the second is travel and interest, you know, interesting um, day to day. I like variety. I like travel. I, I like, that's why I like this kind of industry is because you don't have to be confined to like a desk and a box. And I like the variety of thinking on your feet and you know, traveling and being in different places. So some people get burned on travel and other people fill up on it. And I think I like it. There's room for growth and it's like a kind of, I could see a direction with it. Yeah, that's nice. I think it's so so good. I think it's a good activity to think of that. Like what my three absolute sort of like go-tos to try and help narrow that down. The whole travel thing, I think that's a massive advantage for you because I'd like you say, I think so. that's a real turnoff for so many people nowadays, travel, especially if anyone's got ties. So the fact that you're in a situation, a quite a unique situation where you're so flexible, you've got zero ties, I think that makes you like a really attractive candidate for sure for those kind of traveling roles. And um, like you say, some people get really, really burnt out by it and you're like, bring it on. Especially, I can imagine if it involves travel to Europe, I can imagine that'd be right up your street. Exactly. Exactly. I think it just kind of, you make it, it makes the world feel smaller because it is a small world. It's like everything. And you're just like, oh my God, perspective. And you kind of see like between you and you. It's just, yeah, I love it. Yeah. You're doing yoga teaching. Now you're a yoga teacher. I'm teaching so much yoga right now to kind of, while I look for jobs and managing a gym kind of, and just helping out with a few different things. But yeah, I love, I love yoga. For me, it keeps me grounded. <laughs> it keeps me and healthy. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my, 
friend, I've never really got into yoga. I want to be into yoga. I really do. I do a lot of CrossFit. But um, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, um, loves yoga, did loads and loads of it. And she totally randomly went off to India, did a teacher training course. And she similarly said the best thing she ever did was her teacher training course in yoga. She completely, she said the exact same thing as you. She went off and did like a six-week course, whatever it was, in India. And she actually, she's now come back actually and um, uh, got into reformer Pilates and has got her own trainer gym. So yeah, similarly, we said that's so the best thing that you've done. And I agree. And that's a good thing to do anyway. I think if you're, if you're really into something, if you learn how to teach it, you're really perfecting your own skill. Even if you don't end up teaching it, it's a good thing to do to better yourself. So yeah, good for you. Where are you teaching them? In, in like studios? It's a gym, actually. It's like a nice gym. It's um, called True Fusion. And they have a few locations. And it just is convenient for me because it's right here. And then I do a lot of like online. Um, I do some privates for companies. It's kind of cool. Like I've been working with corporate companies and teaching yoga to their teams, which is fun. And, and all of this has just unfolded. I always say like yoga to me opened more doors than my degree because you you just you never know who's in your class. <laughs> like you never. And you, people will say like, hey, can you come teach us? Or can you, you know, do this? So, and I think if, yeah, like you said, it's just a good, everybody needs to stay fit in some way. So if it's yoga, Pilates, whatever. I completely agree with you. And I think if you're open with strangers it's amazing like what that can do for you I was on the plane back actually from LA when we were on our trip I was getting on this plane this guy in front of me was this guy in front of me was talking and I was like oh god don't start talking to me and he was like he was moaning about the queues he was moaning about back in the day there weren't queues at airports I thought oh here we go anyway I get away from him I go for a wee go sit down this guy is sat next to me and I thought oh my god I've got a 10 and a half hour flight next to this guy Anyway, I started talking to him. Turns out that he spent his entire career in change management with businesses. And I ended up talking loads of my own business. And I got off that plane with loads and loads and loads of ideas and things to do with my business, all because I just opened myself up to a conversation with this guy next to me. And, it's bit, and like you say, like if you open yourself up to people around you, like people in your yoga classes, you never know what value people can add to you and vice versa and what value you can add to them. Yes. And that's, I love how you said that because you never know like what form it's going to be. Usually the people that open up doors are not in the form you like think sometimes. I had a guy who kept coming to my class, you know, he's kind of like an overweight guy, kept coming. And then he told me, he was like, thank you so much. I've lost so much weight from your classes. And and then he told me he's like, you know, a top like investor CEO. And he's like, if you ever need help. So I connected him to a friend. And anyway, I was like, wow, like you never, you never quite know how, how it connects. Because I think you're right. Like sometimes you'd be like, oh my God, I don't want to chat to this person. But then you, you open up and it's like you, things happen. Yeah, it's just so worth it. And I think a lot of people in this industry are those types of people. I think if you're a people person, um, or if you're like an extrovert or an introvert, I think you get so much more from life because you open yourself up and you make the effort. My brother-in-law is a prime example. He doesn't listen to this, so we mind. He just doesn't see the point. He just doesn't see the point in talking to anybody. He's just like, what's the point? Like, what's the point? Like, what's the point in talking to a stranger? He's like, there's absolutely no point. And I was like, that's so short-sighted. You have no idea who that person is and what that person can do for you and what you could do for that person. But yeah, everything's like, oh, I can't be asked. What's the point? Open yourselves up to the people around you. You try. You have to remind yourself, right? And I think be real. Like the other day, I was like, oh my gosh, guys, life is so hard. I'm looking for a job. I'm like traveling for interviews. And I said, saying all of this to my yoga class, <laughs> people came up and they're like, we love it. They love that you're real. Sometimes it's like a therapy session. <laughs> you just, I'm like, I think you guys a job offer. Like, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you finding the job market? Are you finding there's lots going on at the moment? Is it quite slow? How are you finding things over on the West Coast or anywhere really? Oh, it seems slow in a bit. Um, it's just, I, it seems very slow. 
I, a lot of my friends have gotten great jobs. So I'm like, maybe, you know, maybe it's just for me right now, a challenge, maybe a challenging time. But for other people that I've heard different stories of like, you know, it's slow or they can't find a job or a lot of people are getting laid off. I've heard that. And then, uh, you know, people are being cautious with hiring because of like just cuts and everything. So it's tricky. Salaries are different and like, yeah. When I was out there, a lot of people were saying, especially in New York, because of the because of the writer's strike, loads of PAs have been let go. Because actually, people don't make much money unless they're actually making films. And when no films are being made and no one and all the rest are on the strike, they literally don't actually have that much money, really, that you'd think they would. And um, and people, yeah, because of it all, have been like all like let go. So that's such an effect. It's really sad. And also the good jobs, people don't leave. So they're not. They're, so then the jobs that are becoming available. Like how good are they? Like it's difficult to know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah, and also like I know San Francisco has much higher salaries than LA, for example, because there's just so many more candidates, I think, in LA. And like you said, kind of those kind of jobs. It's tricky. I don't know. It is really tricky, but you stay positive. You stay positive. It will not do any good to not be positive. Um, You've run through some of your sort of top, like, um, what is it you look for and what's important in a role? Let's talk about some of the challenges. Obviously, you've worked with various different types of principals in various different environments. What would you say some of the challenges you found have been when working with ultra high net worth individuals? Because they are a different breed. Yeah, I think they're they're definitely like set in their ways, right? It's like a, you have to really read the person. And then I've gotten really tired with um, jobs because you're just, it's like nonstop, right? It's a nonstop Um it's you never are done. I think that's the biggest truth is like, you're never done and you're always working. Like there's been some jobs in the past where I've, I haven't had a life. Like I've just, that was it. My life was them. <laughs> this year to me feels like almost like such a counteract of like the past couple of years. Cause I've been like, okay, like I can breathe. Like I can actually like see <laughs> again. It's not on them too, because they're, they're also like always working and doing, it's just complex. <laughs> yeah. It's difficult. And I, and I also think like in this day and age with all our technology, like we're too available, like with the WhatsApp, like back in the day, you'd then people would email you with stuff to do. and But you, you won't get it straight away because obviously it's on an email. And obviously I know WhatsApp, everything's amazing. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't give you any boundaries, any privacy because the principal can contact you every minute of every day and they know you've seen it. There's no hiding, there's no taking time off. And yeah, I agree with you. Like, how do you wrap things up before you go on holiday? Because the list never ends. Like, and yeah, especially the better you, the better you are, the more stuff they give you. Do you know what I mean? You're a victim of your own success. Yeah. So you just kind of feel like you're a part of them. And then you're like, oh my God, you forget who you are. You know, you forget your own life. One of the, um, I don't know if you've seen, but we've been advertising and we've started a six month program of these workshops with Tracy Jones, which you may or may not have seen, but um, we put them all over the WhatsApp group. But Tracy Jones does mind management and she's brilliant. And we've already done one webinar and there's going to be five more. One of those webinars is all about boundaries and how to set boundaries to create any kind of life outside of your work life. And I think anyone that's listening and relates to having zero boundaries should join this webinar. So I'll advertise it all when it comes up because it'd be a really good workshop to come on to and then take away tangible things to implement to actually, how do you say no to your principal ultimately? And there are things that you, she will teach you, ways you can manage things and structure conversations, et cetera, to create yourself some boundaries. So I'll shout about that when that one comes up. So I feel like what you just said, I think such a problem for so many people. 
Well, and I love that too, that even you're doing this podcast, or even how you came over and, you know, we met and I think just talking to people and knowing you're not on alone. I was like, oh my God, I don't even know if I'm a good candidate. But then I was thinking like, there are other people looking for roles. You know, I think people don't talk about these things. It's like, you're expected to just be perfect and like get the next fit. And, and I think having that like humanness to it is, will make it better for everyone. Well, I think some of those powerful conversations and those powerful things you can say publicly like you are is there's so many things that are difficult about this industry. I feel like I'm drowning sometimes. But then at the same time, when I take the bold decision to find my next role, I'm then also very, uh, you know, happy to say to everybody, like, it's really tricky finding a new role. There's not enough roles out there. I don't trust the employers. So like, I think these are some of the most powerful conversations we can have. Because like you say, we're airing it all. And like, you don't need to make out that the things are amazing all the time. Things can be really difficult, whether you're in a role or not in a role. There are challenges with both, you know. And like you say, like, I think it's really nice that we have this, these spaces now to talk on here, in our WhatsApp groups, at the events we do. And so like, I love doing it. But I think it's so important for people to have just space to come and talk to people that actually bloody get it and be like, yeah, this is like mad, like that we do this. But it's great. And we do it for all these reasons. But it's fine to say that parts of it are really hard. Yeah, that on both ends. I like how you said that too, because it's hard either way. You know, if you're looking, it's hard. If you have a role, it's hard. <laughs> so... So many people, when they're in a role, they feel trapped. They feel they have, especially when it's a role that you just described where you're buried by work. How would you even have the time to even think about getting another role or apply or interview? So people end up so trapped in this like quite a toxic space, can't break free. So actually you should see the fact that you are now, I know that you are looking for a new role and you want to get a new role, but at least you're in a space where you can find a new role. That's very true. I told you half an hour ago fast, didn't I? That's crazy. Wow. I know. Go so fast. But I'm going to quack on because it's the end of my day on a Friday. I'm already two gin and tonics down. I don't want to drink too much. It's your morning. So we'll finish We'll finish with a quick fire round and then we'll let people get on with their day. So are you ready? I've only got a few questions. It's the same I ask every week. How many years have you worked in the private sector? Uh, 10. What's the most frustrating thing someone in your team can do? Bad communication, you know, and you just it, on top of it, it's hard. But then if there's you can't get a hold of them, or it's like the weirdest communication. The most infuriating thing is when they've read a question on WhatsApp, and it's a really easy yes or no answer, and you don't get an answer. Exactly. Or sometimes you just want to have a quick call. It's like enough with the texting because it's hard to read text. And just call me. Yeah, pick up the phone. Um, what are you not very good at? Managing vendors, like what is it that um vendors? Yes, we call buyers, but yeah, especially if they are not particularly good. You should experience. You guys should experience contractors or suppliers in France. Oh my god, people listening in France will understand this. French people just don't go to work some days. They're just not. You could they could be building your house and they could just not turn up for three weeks. And you're like, where is it? And they'll just not turn up for three weeks. There's nothing you can do about it. Like it's. When they do turn up, they go to the pub for their lunch for two hours and they'll come back. It's, it's so difficult to get stuff done in France, honestly. This may be a while back, so obviously I know you're looking for work. What was the last thing you Googled for work? Probably jobs in LA, jobs. I, oh, I'm always Googling. I'd have to check my history. Lately, I've just stopped Googling, to be honest. I'm just like, a ple- like if it's meant to be, it'll just come on. <laughs> like I've tried so hard. So I think you have to stop trying eventually. You do. I wonder if I could ever see my, I, I ask Siri loads. So if I'm ever like the amount of times I'm in the office and we're talking about something and I'll be like, hey, Siri, da, da, da. if I could see that history, that'd be mental. 
It's normally things like, hey, Siri, how old's David Beckham? Hey, Siri, what's so-and-so's net worth? Hey, like, hey, Siri, where's Aspen? Hey, Siri, like, the amount of stuff I ask Siri is mental. In fact, hey, Siri thinks I'm talking about. Anyway, um, what's your top tip to someone starting out in the private sector? Uh, be yourself. Just, you know, I think you have to just be you. And, and your skills will shine through. And then if it, it works, it works. It will soon become very exhausting if you're trying to be somebody else. That's not sustainable. Last couple, what's the biggest high of your career so far? Probably my last job. It was one of my most challenging, but it was very, um, you know, it was inspiring in many ways. And a lot of great things were built while I was there. And that was really, really cool to be a part of. I don't want to say names, but it was really, really, I'm proud of the, the people. Sometimes those the challenges roles are the best because it's uh, you look back and think, I can't believe I did that. Someone said they were like, what breaks you builds you. And I was like, oh, that's so true, right? You kind of breaks you down, but you get built up. I am completely uninspired when, I'm, when I find things too easy, when I'm not challenged. I even, to be fair, I even have this in my company now. Sometimes like I have to, that's why I keep pushing and doing new stuff like podcasts and all the rest. Cause like, if I'm just running the company, I know it sounds like a big job, but I've done the same job for 10 years. Like I have to be careful not to get bored. Cause if it's the same thing and it's not difficult to a degree, cause I've done it for so long now, I've very quickly become uninterested, uninspired. Like it's so important for me to do stuff that's hard for me to stay interested. I love that about you. You know, I, I think it's, that's inspiring. And <laughs> um, Last question. What's your favorite? Well, apart from this podcast, obviously, brilliant podcast. Um, what's your? What other, do you listen to other podcasts? Any other podcasts you listen to that we should know about? I go through phases with podcasts where I'm like, if I'm driving a lot, I always I love to put a podcast on. I was listening to one. Um, it's called Wiser Than Me by Julia Dreyfus, and I love it. She interviews like older women. And she asked them for advice. I think she's like in her 60s. So she interviews like people in their like 70s, 80s, 90s. And I, I whenever I listen, I, lately I've been like hooked on all her episodes because I'm like, oh, you just get like, you're like, it's not that hard. <laughs> Other people have been through so many things and you just kind of listen. You would love this. I know your personality. You, you got to listen. I'll send it to you. Wiser than, wiser than me. I'm going to, I'm literally, I'm going to walk home in 10 minutes. I'm going to listen to it. Yeah. Wiser than me. It's very good. I got my mom into it. Yeah. <laughs> Telling everyone. Love it. Well, look, thank you so much for coming on. I'm always grateful for people giving up their time. Lovely to see you last week. Anyone listening that's looking for a little rock star to come in and take control of a principal's life, who can travel, who can teach to ski, who can teach to do yoga, who's done chief of staff, who's done all the rest, get in touch. We'll obviously link you on LinkedIn when we put all this out. So um, yeah, that people can, very, very happy for people to reach out to directly should they have anything to talk to you about, which is cool. But anyway, for now, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much, Helen. Uh, I say it all the time. Very grateful for coming on and telling your story. Even though you think you don't have a story, of course you've got a story. Everyone's got a story. People, we're, we're a weird bunch, aren't we? I love people. People are a fas fascinating breed as humans. But no, very, very grateful. Hope you all enjoyed it. I'll see you all next week. As I uh, always say, if you, if you need me, you know where you can get me on LinkedIn or philipritsilversonrecruitment.com. Come and visit our website if you're looking for work. And I'll see you in a week. Cheers, guys. Bye.